fall. I'm sorry. Not really, but I thought that was kind of cute. How about this one? A man went for a job interview. His resume was fantastic. His qualities made him a perfect fit for the company. The interviewers were very impressed. You're a strong candidate, and we have to hire. We want to hire you. We would like to hire you. But, however, there's a five-year gap in your resume. What were you doing, doing during that time? The man said, I went to Yale. He said, great, you're hired. And the guy said, yay, I got a job. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> Not really, but you know, hey, how many are having a great time this summer? God is doing so many good things. And as you see, if, you know, if you're like, man, I want to participate. I want to I do some things. You know, we have people on vacations all summer. We want them to have vacation. But if you're looking for a position or a place that you can plug in in time, you've got musical gifts and musical talents. When it comes, people ask us sometimes, well, I can play this, right? There is an interview process when it comes to the platform and praise and worship and how many can appreciate that. You know, we don't want 17 uh, verses of glowworm up here, if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, but, but uh, we are always looking for where God wants to fit people in. We're going to be looking. We also have some younger, uh, old, younger, you know, the teens that are kind of in the high school years that are gifted. We're going to be looking at those guys, and we want to start putting people in where God has them here, and uh, we're going to see a lot of things launch in this next season, and so we're really excited about that. So I want to welcome you. I want to talk to you this morning about getting your stuff back. Now, I want you to look at me when I'm talking about stuff. I want you to get your mind off of, I'm not just talking about material stuff, that kind of stuff, because everybody, when we think, hey, that's my stuff, I'm not talking about just that. I mean, it's, yeah, I get it, but I'm talking about you being whole being healthy being well because how many knows this has been no fun have you talked to anybody well COVID has just been we all know how COVID has been come on somebody I mean we it, it stinks we know that we get it but I just want you to know if if you give your heart to the Lord and I believe that you can or will or should or have one of those that that God has got great plans for you you know, he does even before people give their hearts to the Lord. He created you on purpose, for a purpose. But the enemy then, when we give over to Jesus, remember there's two kingdoms. Kingdom of heaven or a kingdom of, of God and the kingdom of the enemy. We don't like that kingdom, but when you do that, the enemy targets you when you go over to God's side. Now, I, we've got four kids. My youngest is back there taking care of y'all's kids. And when it comes to strong will, if you look in the dictionary, her name is there. Because she was all of them wrapped into one. She was like, she could have wrote and sang with Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way. I don't care what we told her. don't care what kind of pain would be in, you will get spanked. A little more to the left. I mean, she just, strong will. I get it. But we also said when she gave her heart to Jesus, when her feet hit the floor, I think the devil's going, oh, no, she's up. She's up. And that's the kind of threat you want to be to him. The enemy knows who you are, who you've surrendered your life to. You are on his radar. If you are in the kingdom of God, you're on his radar. He knows what you're in agreement with, whose allegiance you hold, who you're in covenant with. And the enemy is always up to no good. His mojo is John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. If there's things that are happening and they involve those things, stealing, killing, destroying, God is not behind it. It is the enemy. But you were called to resist him. Using your authority, stand your ground. You are called to guard what belongs to you and reclaim whatever he has stolen. Guard what belongs to you and reclaim whatever he has stolen. In other words, get your stuff back. I mean, just get, how many, do you like it when you feel good? You like it when you're, you know, you just, you're, you're healthy, you feel better. We've all had times in our life when we've been thinner those people that have no problem with weight and their metabolism, you should. <laughs> Jesus, touch them till their eyes pop out. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, people, I can eat whatever I want. Shut up, go sit down. <laughs> How many of you just like, I'm smelling rolls and going, where'd that come from? I don't know. <laughs> Get your stuff back. Get to where you're feeling good. You're happy with yourself. Doesn't mean. You know, what, what does God want for you? And start saying, you know what, I like that. I've, I've talked to people that, man, they don't want to be real thin. They like, you know, I like some meat on my bones. Okay, okay I don't care. But when are you feeling good? God, help me get my health where it needs to be. Help me get my mind where it needs to be. Maybe you're plagued with your past. We're going to help you today. Get your stuff back. A lot of times what happens is when we get things taken... We get attacked, so to speak. A lot of believers run. Let's go the opposite direction. We've heard when I was a little kid, I don't know if you, long, long ago, far, far away, when I was a little kid, <laughs> flight or fight. You've heard that phrase? You know, and the bully comes up to school, and there's that thing inside that's saying, run, run, Forrest, run. And, or you have to stay and fight. And so many times what happens when the enemy comes in, he, he scares us to the point or he deceives us to the point where we just back off and we just flight. And all we can think of is what he has done or what so-and-so has done. And that's all that's on our mind. What was done to us or, but we have not, we're not focused because now the enemy's got us off track. We're not ready to fight because we're not focused on what we're supposed to be doing. We're focused on problems instead of promises. On hurt instead of healed. If we can't fight, let alone do battle. Now I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound harsh, but I want you to hear the meaning. I'm not trying to poke fingers. i got to do all this too, So just so you know. This has not been the greatest three or four years of my life in this last, but you know what? I'm still on top. God still is inside me. I'm more than a conqueror. We're going to be all right. But I will tell you this. Part-time Christians don't get full-time benefits. Think about that. We have a lot that we just, God, I want you to do this. And thank God he is a good God, and he does help us so many times when we just, if you're like me, have ever sent out a flare prayer. You really don't talk to God much, but then when something happens, you're like, God, help me. I need help right now. Thank the Lord he still does do those, and he does help us, and I'm thankful for that. But I don't want that to be a lifestyle. Wouldn't it be better to be like, I never have to use that flare gun because he's with me. I feel much stronger when I know I'm going with him into battle than would you join me for battle. Come on. 
I have to submit because the enemy's working 24 7. Did you know that? He doesn't stop either. He works 24 7. But if we submit to God according to what James 4 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That submit is first. The, the NLT, the New Living Translation, says humble. Humble yourself. But everybody needs God. Everybody. But if we will humble ourselves or submit to God, then God is on the scene. Everybody say, but God. How many knows that if I, it can look bad, it can look terrible, it can be like awful, but God. He is a God of restoration. He can put broken things back together. He can make things better than they were before. And his will is that we recover everything, not just the stuff, but us. Because when you have been sick, physically, you're fighting, maybe maybe it's been COVID, maybe it's been this or a strain of that or this or whatever is going on. It wears you down in the natural. You have to build yourself up in the spiritual. Because your spiritual is first and it'll help you with your natural. I want to live my life on purpose. Let me ask you this morning, folks, what's the devil taking from you? Maybe he's taking your smile, your joy, your happiness, your laughter. I've heard and known it to be true. We all know COVID was not from God. But there's people that, you know, that went through, and I'm not going to have a show of hands, I'm not asking that, but there has been collateral damage or things that were left because of this thing from hell. I've had people that said, they, this happened and this happened and now this is, they're dealing with this or they're dealing with that and they all stem it back to that. Okay, I can't really change that and neither can you, but I but God. But I have a God that can restore. I said, I have a God that can take something that just seems like it can never work, but he can take something and he can say, I got it. So what's on your list? Father, I need a relationship restored. God, I need health back. I need energy back. I'm just sucked dry. God, I need finances. I need something. I need this. I need that. I don't know what it is, but God. Do you really want it back? I believe that God is ready for us to storm the devil's camp and reclaim what is rightfully ours. And it's time to get it back. I'm going to give you three things today. So it's not going to be long, just three things that will help you get it back. I don't think the devil should have your stuff, do you? I don't think he should have your joy. I don't think he should have anything that's supposed to be yours. Here's our first thought this morning. Cooperate. That's a big word, seeming like. Huh? Cooperate with. I'm saying do what God says. Cooperate with God. Find your strength. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Have you ever been where you felt like you were alone? Like everybody just seems to be like, and you feel like Charlie Brown. Everybody's picking on you or, you know, whatever. 
I'm going to read a scripture and tell you what David did. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. David was now in great danger. All his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. The Bible says his God. Now, the King James Version says David was greatly distressed, but he encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Who's God? His God, which is telling us he's got a relationship with God. Though, you know, other people may leave. Have you ever had people just get mad at you out of something you either didn't do or, you know, as we said growing up, they just got a wild hair. And you're, they're all upset about something. But you can't get them back. They're just, nope, I've got people in my life that have walked away from me for the wrong reason. And I'm telling you, they're mad about something I did, had nothing to do with. But it doesn't matter. And I cannot change their mind. I've already tried. Have you ever done that? After a while, I'm just like, let God handle it because I can't handle it. You don't believe me? Work it out with him then. So his God, David said his God. And that had to be one of the worst days of his life. And David had had some whoppers. Let's just think about some. You know, but then I grew up and my grandma used to say this. Well, when it rains, it pours. I hate that. I don't like that saying. When it rains, it pours. I don't, I mean, it's okay if something good's happening. If good's raining on me, then pour it out. We all like that. But boy, the other thing is like, can you stop that? Now, when I was a little kid, we used to be allowed to play in the rain. Do you ever play in the rain? We go out and I go, Mama, can I play in the rain? My mom's sitting here today. She used to let me. How many remember the mosquito truck? The mosquito truck used to drive down our street, putting that fog away. She'd say, go out and play. I was playing in mosquito fog, which is an answer to why you think I'm nuts. <laughs> I've had too much. No, I'm break that. <laughs> we'd play in the rain as long as it wasn't lightning. You know, she'd let us play. You know, if it was lightning, we'd have to come in. But David has had a bad day. They'd been away at battle, him and his men. When they came back, and this is their town, they came back to Ziklag. That's a name. You think Marion sounds funny? Ziklag. How'd you like to be called that? They found out that the enemies they had, the Amalekites, had taken everything. They'd taken their wives. They had taken their kids. They had taken their, uh, their possessions, everything. The town was raided, gone, ripped off, swiped, abducted. I mean, it was just, and listen to this. Oh, to top it off, let's burn it to the ground. Bless their little hearts. So they, the, the town is totally destroyed. They burned it to the ground. The Bible says that David and his men wept until they could weep no more. And then it got worse. His men were so mad, they said, you know what, it's David. He took us away. And they began to talk about stoning him. People are always looking for somebody to blame. David began to feel pressure. Because all of his stuff was taken as well. Have you ever felt pressure for doing something that's right? Been wrongfully accused or, or just feeling pressure? You're just trying to do what's right. He found himself at a crossroad. Now I looked up the definition of crossroad and the Britannica says this. It's a place where two or more roads cross. 
often plural in form, often used figuratively to refer to a place or time to which a decision must be made. Have you ever had a crossroad in your life like that? You got to decide something. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a place to move, a house to buy. Maybe something else. Maybe it's not Ziklag bad, but you had to make a choice. Maybe you don't see a way out, and maybe that's there today. I think most of us could say we've been there. We've had some crossroads of some sort. Maybe when you were first, if you gave your life to Jesus, it came down to a point where, and I'll give you an opportunity today, and there's no pressure, but you just had to say, I got to say yes, because what I'm doing is not working. Because at that point, you have to choose which direction you're going to go. You have to figure out, I got to go this way or I got to go that way. You know, some people, they get mad because I say things that are black and white. Isn't that kind of how the Bible is? And I'm not always, you know, I, I'm human. I put my pants on like you do, one leg at a time, and I've made mistakes. And I got to put those, get those under and figure it out and ask forgiveness and all of that stuff. Because when we decide which way to go and we pick the right way, then we start putting things in action for, the, for where we're heading. If we stay in the place of weeping and distress and worry, mourning, that's our new reality. You know that old saying, misery loves company. Sometimes isn't that true. But I'm looking for people, and I believe God is looking for people that will stand up and that will fight and reclaim what the enemy has stolen to get our stuff back. The Bible says David got it all. He recovered it all. So if we want to get it back, let's check out what he did and put it to use. First thing he did was encourage himself in the Lord. We read that. And that's not really the only first thing that comes to our minds that come to yours. When you're in trouble and you're up against a crossroad and everything's closing in, Sometimes it's hard to just have an encouraging thought. But the key is if we can do that and we can set our mind on something bigger than our problem, then that is a key to breakthrough. Is God not bigger than your problem but God? Can God not split a Red Sea but God? Can he not take water and make it sweet but God? Can he not kick a Philistine and just knock him out but God? So many things that God does, it only can be God. So how do we do it? It's twofold, really. First, with the word. Everybody say the word. You need the word of God. You got to get God's word in you. Keep going with the word until you win. What is the scripture? God, show me some word. Let me use the word. Jesus said, It is written. The devil hates the word. So you need to dive into what the devil hates. If you want to fight, you can't fight him in your own strength. You can't fight him in your own flesh. You got to fight him with the word. And when you have the word in you, it's just, it's got to come out. And I've seen this happen. I've seen it when I was a youth pastor. I've seen it as a senior pastor. I've seen it. I've seen the enemy come in and try to take attention and try to manifest. I've seen him come in services and we used the word and made him sit down and shut up. And he shook there and sat there and shook and shook and shook until we finally said, okay, it's time for you to get out of here. And he got out and the person was clean and clear. I didn't lay a hand on him. God was already all over it. 
Dive into the word and the authority that God has given you, the promises he's made for you. It's impossible to spend good time with God and not come back changed. God doesn't change, but he'll change you. Second, remind yourself of the victories you've had before. That's what David did. I got the bear, I got the lion. He started thinking of the things that happened before. What did God help you with before that you were able to accomplish? What are those past victories? How he healed you, how he delivered you, how he favored you, how he defended you. Soon you'll be focused on God and not your problem. You'll be ready to start chasing the devil. You know, you could charge hell with a squirt gun and win if you had God with you. I think David could do that. I believe he had Goliath on his mind that day because he told Goliath, you're going to die today. I mean, can you imagine? This is a teenager to a nine, ten foot tall dude. That's like, you know, that'd be like taking Arrow, my little grandson, who's two and a half, and putting Andre the Giant. How many remember Andre the Giant? And going, Arrow going, come on, make my day. You know what I mean? Just, okay. But he remembered the Lord, David did. And he rescued him just like he did before. When things look bad, even impossible, don't quit. Encourage yourself in the Lord and get ready and remember how he's delivered you before. Here's number two. Charge. Charge. I really believe that David threw Goliath off because David is out. And if you remember, he just ran towards him. I don't think Goliath was ready for that. He expected him to go the other way. And David ran towards him. But pursued to get it back. 1 Samuel 38, David asked the Lord, should I chase after the band of raiders and will I catch them? Now, this is David asking God because, remember, that's his God. Come on. It's his God. Should I go after him and will I catch him? And the Lord said, yeah, go after him. You'll surely recover everything that was taken from you. The King James says, pursue and you shall surely overtake them without fail and recover all. That's pretty awesome. He asked God what to do and God says, go get him. Go get them. Have you ever heard an inspiring speech? I mean, somebody that's just like, wow, that was just so good. And it inspires you. How many of saw Facing the Giants? That's one of us. Great. Anyway, there's a great speech in there. Or the guy is actually he's just telling the kid to come on. He's doing that death crawl. with the, And he's just coaching him to get on. Sometimes we have to be like that. We just have to do things in faith. David encouraged himself in the Lord, and then he said, shall I go get him? And God said, go get him. So David went after them, and he started doing exactly what God said. But he'd have to gather his men. He'd have to tell his men now. Now think about this. These are the guys that are all ticked at him. Now he's got to go back to him and say, hey, listen, I've talked to the Lord. I just had a powwow with God. We're supposed to go get him. So I need you guys with me. They got some information about who took their families, who burned their city. And they had to attack them till they were defeated, until they won. Now, this next part, as I'm getting there, this is what I really want to stress. What does, look, what does this look like to you? What do you? If you're going after the enemy, what's he taken? What's this look like to you? If he's stolen your health, your sleep, your energy, your peace, 
Maybe it's your finances. I don't know. What's this look like to you? What the Bible talks about, you have to speak to the mountain. What's this look like? What are you facing? What giant is standing between you and you can't see what you need to see? You're at that crossroads. Here's what you got to decide. I can't camp out here. I'm not going to settle for all of this. I can't tolerate it anymore. Do you know what tolerate means? It means you put up with. What are you putting up with that you don't have to put up with? Here's another statement. You deserve what you tolerate. If you want to put up with it, he'll get away with it all the time. He'll do it all day long. You're going to have to fight. And this is where I'm getting to. To go get your health back, to go get your sanity back, your peace, you got to fight. You see, this is what happens. Most people don't like to fight. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a fist fight. I'm talking about a spiritual fight. Years ago, we had, I had karate. Uh, anyway, did karate. Got three different belts and different things in karate. And I like to fight. And I, I just, I don't know. David was a warrior. I liked it. Okay, moving on. But we had people that came from the church. And so they put me and I'd, I'd have to fight brown belts and black belts and stuff. And so I would just go all out. And I remember still hearing somebody in the background, pastor. Because I'm just like, okay. But we were in there to fight, Right? That was why I'm looking at it. They're not, I can, I'm sorry, I don't want to hit you. Yeah, you're here so I can hit you. Let me do that. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier. You need to fight. You need to understand the enemy will not, the enemy will not, will not give your stuff back freely. He will not. He won't just go, okay, I give. He won't do that. You will have to take it back. You will have to take it back. You will have to take it back. How many of you have ever seen Laurel and Hardy? Remember Laurel, Stan Laurel, the little skinny guy? There's one episode where he's walking around. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. You're going to have to take it back because the enemy will not give it back without you using the authority that Jesus gave him. If he is robbing you of a good marriage, get it back. What does the word say to do? If he's robbing you of health, get it back. What does the word tell you to do? What is God's formula? What is he telling you to do? Not what he's telling everybody. What's he telling you? Your weapons are the word of God. The words of your mouth that line up with the word. He has to, do you understand that the word will not come back void. The word, my words might come back void, but if I'm speaking God's word, they are going out to do what they accomplish. And when I told the man that was possessed by the devil, sit down there, you shut up and don't move in the name of Jesus because of the authority that was there, he just sat there. He didn't do it in the name of Brett. That doesn't have any power. It's the knowledge and belief in the authority over the powers of darkness. Because that has been delegated. So I speak the word of God. 
when we move over to God's side, we begin to take a bite out of fear on a daily basis. You can take back the ground you've lost every day. When I was in fifth grade, I got bullied. Nobody likes to be bullied. And the, the kid in the school, so if you're, I think he's passed away now, but his name was Eddie. And Eddie took my bike. That was back in the day, where, you know, I don't know if you all ride your bikes to school, but I rode in Vernon Elementary School. It's not even there anymore. Matter of fact, it's across from Ron's house, or it was, <laughs> but it's not there anymore. But I had a bike, and it was my dad's bike when he was little. And I got it, and I put a big purple banana seat on it with a big sissy bar. Rode out like that. Had some things there. I put a squirrel tail on it. Of course, Dad didn't shoot at Uncle John. He couldn't hit it, but you know. <laughs> but I was, you know, I ride that bike. We had, we had uh, flag football practice. I was in fifth grade. And Eddie was the bully of the school. Eddie went to people, and he would take their lunch money. He would sit down. He'd take their sandwich, just like you see on TV. It was terrible. He decided one day, I guess, I was his target. And he jumped on my bike, and he took off. I tried to chase him, but I didn't catch him because he was on a bike, and I wasn't. And the coach said, come on, we're having practice. So I just figured I'd go home, and I'd tell my dad, and we'd have to go find the bike or whatever. So we're doing practice. Guess who came back? He brought my bike back and he threw it on the ground. And something inside me said, So I told Eddie, I said, Don't you ever take my bike again. He said, Who's going to stop me? I looked over at the coach <laughs> and all the guys, and they're all looking at me like, Well, I said, I am. And he said, All right, let's go. He started, and I thought, there's no way we're going to fight because the coach will stop this. We're on school property. So I got brave. I said, we're on school property. And Eddie said, this is just between me and you. And I said, coach? And he goes, you heard him. It's just between Brett and Eddie. <laughs> so everybody formed this circle, and we, we went at it. I told Eddie what a forearm was. And I was scared, but I started, and it just kind of, the dam broke, and Eddie was done. I got my bike back. Everything happened. It was a good thing. Oh, I'm not in, okay, let me, kids, don't fight. <laughs> but what happened, and my point is after this, the next day when we went to school, Eddie walked up to me and said, hey, anybody bothers you, you let me know. What? I'll take care of them for you. You're all right. Okay. And for the rest of the school year, I had people come up to me and go, hey, it's my turn. Eddie go, they'd be like, okay, Brett, Brett, Brett's up. I'd be like, Eddie, you don't have to do that. Everything changed, but what changed was what changed in me. I faced the bully, and now the bully was answering to me. You begin to face the bully and get back with the word of God, the bully will answer to you. 
Here's our last thought, and we're finished with this. We all started with C's, if you remember. This one is no different. Conquer, overtake. Revelation 12, 11 says they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. King James says it this way, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They got a word. What's the word God given you? Use the word of God and begin to put it in your mouth, in your mind, in your heart. Let it begin to come out. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans uh, says that. So just get that out. That's Romans 10, 17, by the way. And this is where it gets good. Because you start getting back what the enemy took from you. You start being able to laugh again. You start being able to get joy again. Because now you're not afraid of the bully anymore. Because you got more authority than the bully. You can kick him out of your house. The game is over for the enemy, and he knows it. When God told David to pursue, he followed it by saying, you shall get it. It's a guaranteed victory. Go get him. You'll get it all back. He's saying the same thing to you because his word doesn't change. You stand up to the bully, stand up to the devil. You can get it back. But this is what we do. We live in an instant society. Everything's remote. You got a remote for that? Mm -mm. How many lived through the 60s, 70s, 80s? How many are just glad you're alive now? Yeah, okay. When I grew up, we didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. I need that channel changed. And we didn't have, because the knob broke off, we had pliers. And we had foil. When I was growing up, we had black and white TV. We hadn't had color yet. We watched the same thing when the world watched it. We watched The Wizard of Oz and Charlie Brown when everybody watched it. We didn't have DVDs. We didn't have VHSs. We didn't have computers. We didn't have internet. We had typewriters. You could go up to a kid back in today's day and you'd go ding, 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 and they'd say, why'd you slap the monitor? Because they don't know. But boy, we could get it back. David attacked. Here's what I want you to understand. We even live in an instant society. We want everything right now. We've, I, I appreciate people that, that do some th things the old-fashioned way because sometimes there's just no replacing that. It's just it's done so well. And it's just like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it's just so good. They're, they, they are very skilled at what they do. But everything doesn't happen instant, does it? The Bible says David attacked them from twilight until evening the next day. 1 Samuel 30, 17. That's a long battle. That's fighting for a long time. I bet you he was tired. Nobody wants to have to fight, but you have to fight to stop him. And everything doesn't happen instantly. Sometimes the more that you use the word, the less grip he has. The, the, he starts loosening the grip because he can't stand the word. Some things didn't get there overnight. They won't go away overnight. I would love to have some kind of a pill that would say, yes, take this pill and 50 pounds will come off the next day. But we know 50 pounds didn't come on in one day. That's enough with that. We want things instant, but this is going to be as you are alive on this earth, hooking up with God and staying with him and saying, God, I'm going to apply your principle. I'm going to apply your word. 
And my word is my testimony. The word you gave me, your word will be my testimony. And the enemy curls back at that. But you have to fight. You have to be so full of God's anointing when the devil comes against you. The Bible says he'll go seven ways. He comes against you. He's going to wish he never did. He'll go seven ways. So you overtake with faith, patience, and words. God's words. You rebuke the enemy, not in your name, but in Jesus' name. You bind every spirit that comes against you, getting it all back. You speak life to what you're experiencing lack in. Not only did David get it all, but he took the spoils from the Amalekites as well. You go conquer and overtake. You get back what the enemy's stolen. You don't just get what you lost. You're going to get more. He's going to give up more. After all, the Bible says you're more than a conqueror. This is what I want you to do. I want you to set, tell the devil, here's a court date. Let's set it. There's a new sheriff in town. I wouldn't give the devil any time at all. You do what you've got to do. You enforce what you've got to enforce. And you can get back. I, I, I want to be in the business of bankrupting the devil. How about you? I'll tell you this story and then uh, I'm done. You've already heard all, you know, I love my wife and uh, I would do anything for her. And I've always in every house, you've heard me say this, I've always slept closest to the door. Wherever she puts the bed, I get the closest to the door. So if any, anybody would ever break in my house, they got to come through me before they ever get to her. That's always been how that is. That's how it is today in our house now. I'm closest to the door. We were in one house, and I was sleeping closest to the door. And I was asleep, but she wasn't. She elbows me. Brett, I hear something. How many have ever got that elbow? If you're the guy. I had one friend that said he told his wife, you're bigger than I am. Go see who it is. <laughs> I think they're still married. I don't know. She said, I hear something. And I'm like, so then I'm awake, and I'm like, I'm listening, you know. Honey, I don't, I don't hear anything. She said, I, I heard something. Honey, I know I heard footsteps. All right. And I'm listening. I don't hear anything. And I'm starting to get back into the, <sighs> and she said, he's in the room. That'll wake you up. <laughs> and at the foot of our bed is a silhouette of what appears to be somebody like this. And I am like, I see that. And she said, he's here. He's in the room. And she said in her lifetime, she has never seen anybody move as fast as me. I made Bruce Lee look like, no. I jumped up and I was in the air with my fist like this going for whatever is at the edge of my bed. And then I hear, Brett, don't it, Zach! <laughs> it was my son vulturing us. <laughs> Have you ever been vultured by your kid who just stands over you and goes like that? I can't sleep. And I'm like, oh! I just about killed you! In my mind, there was a window there, and I thought, if I can hit him and knock him off his feet... 
he's going out the window. That was what I was thinking. Of course, it's 2 in the morning. I want to get some sleep. But anyway, that got stopped. So, you know, Brett, why are you telling me this story? What I'm telling you, the story is this. You have to be willing. The enemy doesn't leave to be nice. He's never nice. He's deceptive. You got to be willing to battle. Sometimes it'll happen just like that. It'll be over. It'll be done, and you'll win just like that, and that's awesome. Sometimes it'll take a little while, but you'll win. It'll be awesome. But it is going to be applying that word. It is going to be using the word of God. Cooperate with him. You're going to have to listen and submit to him. You're going to have to charge the enemy if you want to conquer. I'm telling you, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but man, my wife and I are, are, are proof the word of God always works. We still are working. We're not perfect. We still have to work just like you. But we found God to be true every time. No matter what is facing, the word will help us. God will help us because the word is God and he is in me. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise. And Lord... You've helped me to understand when I do this prayer, I need to slow down. Sometimes I say too many words. But if you're here today and those that are online and you're saying, Pastor Brett, I, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior today. And maybe you've done it many times before. Maybe you've never done it. And you don't know what that looks like, but you're willing to try. I want you just to raise your hand. I won't embarrass you, I promise. I'm not going to have you come up front. Anybody at all just saying, that's me. Just pray for me, Brett. That'd be great. Yes. Anyone else? Maybe those online, you can raise your hand right where you're at. But let's say this prayer together. Now, this is, there's no magic in this prayer. This is about confessing with our mouth, believing in our heart, and not doubting. That's what this is about. Sometimes the prayer can be just as simple as calling out his name. But we're going to say this. I'm going to say it slower instead of giving you a lot. Say, everybody say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to walk the way you want me to walk. Help me to get everything back that you have for me. I will use your word and do my best to do everything you say. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen, and amen. Give God a big hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, stand your feet real quick. We're going to worship the Lord in our giving, and then we're going to move into uh, to water baptism uh, right after that. So um, we're going to make that work. That's going to be fun. This is part of our worship. It's just great to be able to give and sow into the Lord. You know what I did the other day out at our, our place that we have? You ready for this, y'all? 140 to 150 bags of mulch I put in that place. I think I could probably mulch heaven. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, it's been a lot. But anyway, I bought some more mulch because we have a garden area, and, and my wife wanted that done. 
and uh, the lady counted 13 bags. And I went and took them, put them in my car, and there was 15 there. So I went back in, and I said, ma'am, you only charged me for 13, but I got 15. She looked at me kind of with an astonished look on her face, and she said, oh, and I said, no, I, I need to pay for two more bags. And she almost did not know what to do. She goes, okay, well, thank you. I said, no, you're welcome. And I paid for two more bags, and I walked out, and I just said, God wouldn't have it any other way or something of that nature, and walked out. My, my point is this. I'm not saying that to say, look at me. What I'm saying is we are with God all the time. Be the real you. That was what was fair because I'm believing God for all the things the enemy tries to take from me. I'm not giving him an open door. I'm not stealing anything. I'm not going to give him access. I'm going to be honest and say, God, this is because he provides for me. And how that happens is, is I, just, I just turn everything over to him. Just be obedient. If you're a guest here today, I'm not here to pick your pocket or anything like that. Uh, you know, if you want to donate to the church, you're welcome to it. But we're just telling you God is good. And we, he has proven it over and over again. You can give text to give. That's really easy to do. You can give online. You can mail it to 374 North Main, whatever you want to do. Let's hold that monies together. We're going to pray for it, okay? Remember, and this is what I've taught you, according to the word, it changes kingdoms. You were given the authority to have the money. Now you choose. Remember the crossroads. You're choosing what side. You're choosing, I'm putting this in the kingdom of God. So at that point, by your decision... It changes kingdoms. When it changes kingdoms, God has now legal jurisdiction over those finances. Now, because you have put it into his kingdom, he can make and do the things that he does. That's how multiplication takes place. It's pretty, uh, if you stick around, I'll teach you that. But it's, it's an amazing principle that the Bible shows us. So let's pray over that, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you for sowing. We thank you for reaping. God, I thank you for these wonderful people as we give to your kingdom. We give you the glory for it. Bless it, multiply it, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So give as God has blessed you to do it. Um, we're going to say goodbye to our online guests. God bless you guys for joining us. We're going to do our water baptism uh, right now. We've got several people that want to be baptized. You can be seated. Those baptismal candidates can get ready. And then...